What did we just watch, Amy? We just watched Justice League, or sorry, Zack Snyder's Justice League, colon, Justice is Grey edition. <laughs> you make sure I got that Yeah, title. you got it. You got it. That you nailed correct. it. All right. These are our... The, the word edition at the end on the title card is what really nailed it for me as being, like, patently ridiculous. Because it couldn't just be a subtitle, like Justice is Great. It had to be Justice is Great edition. Well, no, it's, Justice is Great should have been like a tagline. You very rarely see a tagline <laughs> as a subtitle. Subtitles are for books and papers. <laughs> Some movies, movies have them. Probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and has there ever things. been a movie like Zack Snyder's Justice League colon Justice is Great well, edition? Y- yes. Some- <laughs> No, there's Zack Snyder movies. Oh, there there have been movies so, like this. Um, yes. Well, these are our first impressions, and this is a relatively new film, so you we will have spoilers if you want to watch Spoil the, the full four hour and two minutes um, in, endeavor. Then then stop here and go watch it, and then come back. Yeah. And if you do want spoilers, you're in luck. Here you go. Here you go. Here's the spoilers. What did you think? What did you think of the movie? I actually didn't think it was so bad. Um, I have quibbles. Oh. But I... This is is what I think happened in my brain, though. Yeah. The whole time I was comparing it to Justice League. Yeah, which was bad. Justice League is the film um, that we reviewed last week, reviewed, talked about last week. It's two hours long. Zack Snyder directed part of it and then had to leave, and Joss Whedon came in and finished it. Mm-hmm. Which so. I, I later learned was also like most of the changes Whedon made were at the behest of the studio. So I've seen some sure. people calling it um, WB's Justice League. That 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 happens all, all the, the time. time. That's why we get director's cuts of, yeah. of films later on. So the whole time I was comparing it to the first one, the first one was so bad. <laughs> This one could have definitely been worse. I, I was, like, yeah. ready for it to be worse. But it was better. It was not worse. It was better <laughs> than the the two-hour... Yeah, I'll agree with that it was better, but it was not good enough to justify it for me. Uh, it was not good enough to sit... Like, I felt like my entire day was spent watching this film and it was just four hours so that's not like <laughs> it's not actually your entire that's day it's not actually my entire day but it was a it long sure time felt like it yeah i am i am under the impression that there could be a four hour long movie that doesn't feel like that um you know i well, i think of like the, return of the king yeah or the, the like ben-hur is a classic epic film that's very long um some of the longer cuts of cleopatra um, and then there's like the super long like meditative films like the um, I, I've never seen these but like I think it's called the Katsi trilogy Q A A T S I, which are like intentionally like meditative long. Some Japanese. Um, are they Japanese. I don't think I think oh, it's okay. I think it's some I, it's not American. It's not Japanese. I don't think it's Japanese, but I could be or wrong. Or the that French film that you get. Keep trying to get me to watch the six Yeah, hour Jean Dielman. Yeah. 23 Quad du Commerce, Brussels. Um, so, yes. Yeah. There will be four hours. I haven't seen a four hour film in a lot while. Um, I, I think Return of the King was close to four hours. Maybe it was three and a half. Yeah. I don't remember being bored at all during that. 
Um, but I could be. Yeah. Well, the Katsu film is an American series or trilogy. Um, it's just got a goofy name. It's also... Like, I think about musicals are often three hours long mm-hmm. in the theater, and yeah. that feels very long to me. I think yeah. I think watching theater takes a lot more energy than watching TV. I would agree with film. that. Yeah. So a three-hour musical, especially if we start it at 8 o'clock, and we're like, <laughs> have to go to 11, 11. And that is way past my bedtime. Yes. Um, and I get grumpy when I get sleepy during theater. Yeah. Um, so we watch the stream daytime yeah did it need to be four hours long probably not um and it's divided into ouch sorry that was felicity if you couldn't guess yeah um six parts in an epilogue yeah. i believe and so i was playing around is this a film that wanted to be you know a six-part tv series, TV series. it, it would have no. had the problem <laughs> that a lot of these tv series tv series that want to be a 10-hour long movie, movie is that they weren't complete episodes in the no, parts. No, they were not um, parts. They were just segments. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a clear, like, well, episode to it. This yeah. is this plot part point is happening in this part, mm-hmm. and this is why it has to exist Yeah, this way. I don't even think it was, like, a six-act no. film. No, no. It was. It was still in like a three or four act structure. Yeah. Of a film. Yeah, three acts of an epilogue, I would say. But even then, like it. An, an epilogue. We need to return to the definition of epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the epilogue was, I think, as long as any of the other parts. I didn't yeah. time it, but like it felt that way. We can we can get there when we get into the nitty gritty okay. of. Yeah, I, I. Agree that this was better than Justice League. I was not impressed by this film at all. And I went in wanting to like it. I felt like I was being hit over the head with, this is dramatic. Yeah. All the time. All the time. And I should say, I guess we didn't say, we watched the Justice is Grey edition is the black and white version. Yes. Completing Zack Snyder's vision. Yes. Four by three frame, black and white is how he deemed the film should be watched. And so that's how we watched it. Watched. Giving him as much benefit of the doubt as I possibly could. And the black and white to me was just another pounding over the head of, this is dramatic. Yes. I this would, is serious. I would not say that the black and white... The black and white occasionally enhanced the viewing experience but the majority of it did not it did not change the experience one way or the other uh i thought it was well so we started watching it on our apple tv yeah. which doesn't have 4k yes. to it and i was going the black and white is making it it's so muddy. hard to see what's happening yeah and then we remembered that and we switched to the 4k on the roku yes so we did watch the majority of the film in 4k but the whole time I was thinking, right, I know in film they put color filters on, mm-hmm. and and that's a norm now, like mm-hmm. the Michael Bay color scheme. Yeah. Um, so really you can do, you can put a filter on anything. Mm-hmm. And the black and white I was trying to think of as color filter. Yeah. But really to me, black and white is not a 
color filter. It's a different way of shooting. It's a different way of shooting, and you have to go back to the production design yes. to successfully do a black and white. You've got to think about the costumes, how those are going to show up. You've mm-hmm. got to think about the cinematography. The lighting is really important. Yes. Yeah. And since it doesn't appear like any of those were thought through. No, because it was shot in color. uh, (laughs) Then it was muddy. It was, uh, you also think, I couldn't tell what time of day a lot of things were being. It just all looked like night to me. There was no sense of time, period. No, and I was like, well, Lois Lane is getting coffee right now. So it's probably morning. It's probably not 2 a.m., but, but it, it feels sure like 2 a.m. It looks like it's nighttime right now. <laughs> um. Yeah, because, yeah, no, this was not shot as a black and white film. Um, and there is so much nuance in black and white filming, particularly like the like fantastic cinematography that you can see in some of the best that's out there, mm-hmm. that it has to be shot a certain way. I, I was thinking about... Um, one of my favorite fun facts, which is that the Adams Family TV show set in color is like all sorts of super bright pastels and pinks and greens because they knew they were shooting it for black and white. And so they needed to get certain it to look certain ways mm-hmm. that were independent of the hue of the color. There was about the, the I don't know the technical term, the, the light balance and things mm-hmm. like that. So you can tell the difference between... A light-colored costume and a dark-colored yeah. costume. I thought at one point maybe Superman had a different color suit, but I couldn't tell. Yeah, I have no idea. Because well, not not yeah. I should clarify not because it was in black and white is because I couldn't tell um, because the costumes hadn't been thought through. Yeah, they hadn't been thought about on. in a black and white context. Not the, uh, not the designer's fault. No, because this is not. The <laughs> no, this plan. is Zack Snyder coming in four yeah. years later, slapping a black and white filter onto the movie. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So it's um, really hard to watch in the non four K. Yes. 4K was better. It was better. So if you have still access some things to like, 4K and you want to see this. Yeah, like Aquaman's costume was just an eyesore in that it was like just a blob. It was just like a gray and a texture. blob. Yeah. Which I think would play better in color where you can have nuances of color in different ways. But yeah. Um, I am glad I watched it in Zack Snyder's preferred vision. Um, it didn't help the film. <laughs> well, you don't know. You didn't watch the color version. I'm not watching this again. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't it know was... that I would have feel like that when I started. <laughs> Previously, it was I want to watch both versions, and I put my foot down. And yeah, say, well, I was wrong. <laughs> I can be wrong. It's you know it's why allowed. Watch it again. What if you sat down and watched it in six parts, six episodes? It wouldn't over be better. A week. I still don't think it would be better. Your entire Saturday being devoted. Yeah, the parts felt so arbitrary that it didn't matter. It wouldn't matter to split it up into six parts. I, I think it was just a fascinating, like, dramaturgical exercise. Oh, absolutely. What the subtle changes were, what was cut, what was added. And mm-hmm. it's, four, it's exactly double the length of the first <laughs> film. So clearly a lot was added. Or, or reincorporated it. at the very least. Oh. Although there were definitely, like, whole scenes that were all CGI that were brought back. <laughs> I have to say that in the black and white, the video game level CGI didn't bother me as much. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. 
It played better. It, it, it was an extra layer of unreality to the situation that dampened that. When you could tell what was happening in the CGI at all, which a lot of the times I couldn't. That's... Like, all of the fights with the parademons were just a mess. Like, they weren't great choreographed dan- you know, dances, fights beforehand, but in black and white, with the sort of muddiness of not being shot for black and white, uh, made them all difficult to watch. See, I did think that the final battle between Steppenwolf and Wonder Woman Aquaman was a little bit clearer. What was that's fair. Going I'm, I'm thinking more what... of the 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 parademon stuff, like all of these like swarms of flying monkeys, for lack of a better term. Um, like that's what they reminded me of from Wizard of Oz. So that didn't help. Uh, I mean, so I'm, I'm hitting the technical points first. Yeah. You want to talk about a 4-3 aspect ratio? Yeah, let's talk about a 4-3 aspect ratio. First of all, ratio. what is a 4-3 aspect ratio? Well, so 4-2-3 is the um, relationship of width to height. Um, so if, if this was a 4-inch four four wide screen, it would be 3 inches tall. Like, that's the idea. Um, so it, it's a ratio. And 4x3 is possibly the widest used aspect ratio in the history of visual arts, um, strictly because of, like, TV. Yeah, it fit, it fit the TV. The TV aspect ratio. That we had 20 years ago for the yeah. last 50-some-odd yeah. years. From the entire history of television until HGTV mm-hmm. was in a 4x3 aspect ratio. And... Then we moved to wider aspect ratios in film, and there's people who know much more about the history of this. And so you would get wider and wider aspect ratios. 16 by 9 is probably the most common one of today. You can go wider into, like, as wide as 2 by 1, which is a very wide, narrow aspect ratio um like cinemascope was big in the 50s and 60s it was also very wide good for shooting big vistas and westerns and things like that um so when you watch this on a current day 4k television there are two black bars on the left and right side of the screen and i've been watching movies and tv shows with black bars on them because of aspect ratio which matches for so much of my life that it doesn't bother me to have those? Yeah, and you still see it if you're watching a show on Netflix from the, the 90s. Yeah, it has, you get the same things. It has those. Although Netflix has definitely um, used different cuts for some of their shows, which is actually annoying. Like their version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is 16.9, even though it was shot 4x3. Uh, it gets messy when you when you broadcast it in a different way than it was filmed. filmed. And... I believe Zack Snyder filmed this in 4x3. Like, I actually believe that looking at the framing of this, mostly for, like, the dialogue scenes and a lot of the, like, close-ups of someone watching something important happening, um, it was very center-framed. And so I believe that Zack Snyder filmed it in 4x3, or with that in mind as a long-term... And he's, he's talked about IMAX, which I don't know if IMAX is specifically a 4x3, but it is a very square aspect ratio i'm using my hands so you can see on the podcast it's it's square and that's the only reason i can think of filming something in four by three now is if i i don't even know if this is 
true, or this is Zack Snyder saying four by three looks best. That's the best for us for IMAX. For IMAX, I would so believe I that. I, I would also believe that. And so, from that perspective, yeah, I get it. Yeah, they knew that. Mm-hmm. Very few people are going to see this in IMAX because of the pandemic. Yeah, um, everybody's going to be watching it. Their four K TVs, TVs at home. <laughs> But if, so it's, it's annoying. If, if I go with the IMAX explanation, then I kind of. Yeah, I can, I've it. made up a different justification for it that, that would definitely um, work if the movie was better, which is that um, he is recalling the aspect ratio of the classic, like Batman and Superman serials of that. the 40s and 50s and television, yeah. um, which with the black and white reinforces but nothing else in the film was shot that way, so it didn't. It doesn't actually play. And I don't think these superhero televisions are the same, like lexicon. Like Superman, I think definitely more of the the Christopher Reeve mm-hmm. films. Um, Wonder Woman, the, I think yeah. of as a TV show with Kevin mm-hmm. Carter. Batman, I think of the Adam West Adam West yeah. version. There was um, um, George Reeves played Superman on TV. Okay, I kind of remember back in in that yeah. in the the black and white era. But the Adam West version, I've always seen it in color. I don't know yes. if it was originally in black and white, but I've always um, seen it in color. I I think it was in that period of time where they would shoot things in color, but kept black and white in mind <laughs> because of different TVs. Everybody had you know different TVs, um, so you had to really think about that. Which we had in television of the two thousands. Um, where they would be shot in widescreen, but with a mind of 4x3, because not everybody had wider screen TVs. Um, Some of my favorite, uh, like, little jokes in TV shows were always on the edge of the screen, so you could only see them if you had a widescreen TV. They would throw them in. Just fun things that they would... I remember, My Name is Earl did one where a guy held up a sign just on the edge of the screen that said, widescreen rocks, or something like that. (laughs) Funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But... And, and I said, I don't really understand the different artistic visions for aspect ratio when mm-hmm. you get to the, like, different widescreen versions. Yeah. Um, I'm not well-versed in film well, enough to know that. Normal. But I do know that I do not want to see my superhero film <laughs> from the 21st century in a 4-3 aspect ratio. I did, I did determine that. Good, you um, learned something. Because... <laughs> You cannot see the action very yeah. well on top of the black and white muddledness. Yeah. It, it, you see less. It feels like you are seeing less. Even if you might be technically seeing more because you have the top and bottom of the frame, it makes everything else smaller. It's, yeah, it's not a great choice. Uh, I got used to it. Yeah. I got used to it. But I, so when the... The Zack Snyder version first came out on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. You hit it just the beginning of yeah. it. At, I don't know. We, we, we were just flipping. We and, yeah, flipping. I hit the button. And so there was the this title, title card. card that came, comes up that says, <laughs> this was filmed in a 4-3 aspect ratio. This is presented in a 4-3 aspect ratio. To, uh, which is Zack Snyder's... Directorial vision or for something. The yeah. Like the, the warning of, do not adjust your screen. Yeah. It's <laughs> supposed to look up. like this. And so it starts playing and it's in the 4-3 aspect ratio. And I keep saying to you, this is a joke. Like they, yeah. they dropped like you a joke You did not film. believe it. They dropped a joke to get you pumped up for yeah. 
the film when it really drops. You didn't think it was real. I didn't think it was real. I thought it was like when Ryan Reynolds dropped Detective Pikachu on YouTube. And it was just Pikachu dancing. For an hour and a half. Two and a half hours. (laughs) Um, It was was a publicity stunt. Yeah. And it was a joke. And it wasn't really the film. It was really the film. And um, it didn't get better. Yeah. It didn't get better from there. Yeah, it, yeah, all right. Any other technical stuff you want to say? Like, I feel like, because honestly, I feel like the black and white and the 4-3 ratio are the big swing and the artistic choices that I am here to back Snyder up on. I don't think they were good, but I am here for big swing artistic choices. Sure. Um, and I, I, I'm saying that because so much of the rest of the film was bad. <laughs> it was not helped by those artistic choices. No, it was not supported by them at all. It, it's beating you over the head, too, with big choices. Yes. Without paying attention to the yeah, middle. To, to paraphrase, um, I think it was Roger Ebert who said something about a director once. Um, Zack Snyder knows that good directors often shoot things in slow motion and close up but he has no idea why that sounds like tom hopper's approach yeah yeah like, it's the same sort of thing big close it's big and emotive and i know that's supposed to be important but i don't know how to use it or why <laughs> or why um yeah if you played this film at normal speed it would be about two and a half hours long <laughs> there was just so much slow motion and big dramatic slow time feel the music <laughs> big moment and when everything's a big moment nothing is yeah well another t- technical aspect um uh, i was i was thinking about was the the music mm-hmm. you have the instrumental and i think hans zimmer did most of the, I think like, the that's themes correct. for the yeah. different um superheroes and that's that's great it's hans zimmer that's, yeah, he knows I've had what he's no doing. problems with the <laughs> the music. Um although I think I said back on Superman maybe it was it was too loud. It was bothering me. Well that's that's more um, the mix than it is the uh the musical this, choices. But they did all these vocal <laughs> bits and it just was so it was so you need to feel something right now. Yes, this movie is telling you how to feel. And it didn't fit in with the film. It didn't fit in with the rest of the score of of the film. It took too long. Apparently Tom Holkenberg scored the film. Okay. I have no idea who that is. The score was good. That was, that was fine. It, it was all the other parts. It, it was the vocal. And that was all added to the, the vocal. Yes parts of it were all added to, to they this. were not in the the first cut um the non Zack snyder yeah i will say um there was no perfect better choice for the end of this movie <laughs> than an acapella it wasn't acapella it wasn't there acapella. was there was plenty of um piano but in just it. just a stripped down we don't understand what we're doing version of leonard cohen's hallelujah sung by allison crow which I... I keep wondering if she is a relation to russell crow um... she had a bit in um superman oh. she was briefly in it in superman. cool man of steel um 
She is Scottish, Irish, and Manx. Oh, she's probably not Russell Crowe. Yeah. Um, but just like the the like perfectly terrible choice I I don't think that the artists were bad or the vocals were bad no I'm not saying that they were just the wrong choices Yeah, it was feel something (laughs) this is dramatic yeah well Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah is one of those songs that has never been used in a way that respects the song. <laughs> like, I'm just of that opinion. I've never seen anyone use that in a film in a way that at all gets anything about this, like, deeply personal, complex, emotional, like, Leonard Cohen, a Jewish man, dealing with his own religion and his own struggles. Like, never does that come across. It's a catchy song. That makes you want to feel feel something, which is Justice League, Zack Snyder, Justice is Gray, Black and White edition, writ large. Like, that's the whole thing. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm with you on the musical choices. They were, they were, this is the time to feel, feel big, please. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, it took me out. Oh, yeah. Instead of pulling me in. Mm -hmm took me out yeah being told how to feel about music um oh can we just also talk about maybe this is um in the story too but the the sub the subtitle justice's gray for the black and white version is so dumb because this is a story that is clearly good versus evil like there's no nuance I can see in, like, a Batman film, like, there's some nuance on if he's, like, a vigilante and judge, jury, and executioner, and, like, if that's yeah. fair. Which we got a little bit of in the last Batman movie with yeah, Batman, Batman v Superman. Superman. But this was clearly, like, world killer versus superheroes who want to save humanity. There was no gray None. In, in the None conflict. None gray. None nuance. It just was so dumb. <laughs> like, Justice is Black and White would have been a better title. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you can tell, I think, that the filmmaker is going for it gray. Not black yeah. and white, but gray and But there was none. And, none you nuance. Know, is, are they good or bad? And what's the line? And Yeah, that is never a question that was raised by this film. <laughs> From the text of the film. It was... You know, maybe in the intention, but uh, yeah, no, I, I laughed about that real hard. It was like, uh, what what did what do you get accused of with puns? Like you try too hard with your puns. You You're too to clever work? for your own. Oh yeah, good. yeah, me. Yes, yeah. I'm too clever for my own good. Sometimes. Yes. yes. And no, this was, this was too clever for its own good. It's like let's be clever something that does not fit the film or the story <laughs> at all. Yeah. Like it, it sounds good at the at the beginning. Like, yeah, justice is great. Okay, cool. Nuance, yeah. moral ambiguity. Yeah. No, this these are bad guys. Stop them. We will stop them. We stopped them. They just wanted uh, their what, negative. What what's the world killer in D anD D who doesn't want? Who uh, just wants to be evil? Chaotic evil. Chaotic evil. Yeah. These are chaotic evil villains. They yeah. just they just want to destroy and everything. take everything down. Yeah. There's there's no. Make yeah. humanity better, or 
we did get the introduction of Darkseid, um, who is not in the first Justice League at all. Yeah, I all. thought that was really fascinating, a fascinating well, change. Darkseid is a big deal DC supervillain. Oh, okay. Like, he is... No, I don't know this. Yeah, no, he is He is the Thanos of the DC universe. Okay. Um, with all the good and bad that implies. And that's, that's actually probably underselling Darkseid a little bit, only because... Um, Darkseid is part of Jack Kirby's fourth world mythos, um, which I'm going to say like reinterpreted the ancient like Greek gods for a new world um, in the same way that like Thor is like Thor. But, you know, science and magic are the same thing in the Marvel universes. He did that with all of the Greek gods in the DC universe because they're public domain. You can steal them and do whatever you want with Mm -hmm. them. Um, But Jack Kirby's fourth world is considered in the comics world to be like a masterpiece. Like it's some of the best comics out there for its time. It was cutting edge. It was inventive. It was impressively drawn. Like all of that was very much. And Darkseid is a part of that universe as is his quest for the anti-life equation, which literally made Amy laugh out loud when he said it for the first time, which I thought was great. <laughs> well, it just sounds so stupid. It, yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. I just took it. I, I thought that was invented for the film. Too. Oh, no. Was that was it, right out of the comics. Like when Cyborg is like, you only create monsters. <laughs> His father. Oh God, that was such a terrible line of dialogue. <laughs> they are they just like every once in a while. Oh. The dialogue was mostly fine, but every once in a while oh. they get a clunker like that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> I wrote down the cyborg one. Um, I think I wrote down a lot. Um, that's not how sound waves work. Um. Oh no, yeah, this is the line of dialogue. That Cyborg said, Victor Stone said to his father, you know a lot about monsters, especially how to make them. (laughs) Which is an inversion of the line as it was in the original. Sure is, yep. um, Which was, you know, he said something about monsters and Victor's dad's like, you're not a monster. And he's like, it's funny you think I was talking about me. Which has some nuance, like, and some, some subtlety. And is like, not deep but is at least a little bit complex it's the old frankenstein's monster who's frankenstein was the real monster like like the thinnest level of of like complexity but no you know everything about monsters especially how to make them like just just what (laughs) what what is that line um yeah so so the dialogue was rough when it wasn't workmanlike in its competence, it was bad. Yes. Well, going back to the anti-life equation, yeah. did you have anything else to say? Um, it was fascinating to me. Like, I think Zack Snyder realized in the process of putting out the Snyder Cut, realized he was never going to get to make another movie in this universe. And so he just used this opportunity in $70 million to make the rest of his movies. I think he was dropping, I, I, I read it as he's dropping what he wants the rest of the movies to be in the hopes that the Snyder fans will bully Warner Brothers back into I mean, yeah. making some more. Warner Brothers. Proven to be effective. Yeah. Warner Brothers canceled Ava DuVernay's Fourth World movie 
because they didn't want another movie with dark side in it um which i'm real mad about because i think ava duvernay would have done something really interesting with the fourth world um allegedly because of the dark side connection they didn't say that but that's what a lot of people are reading into it is that um they don't want to make another movie with dark side so soon um, which is funny because Darkseid's barely in this movie. Like it's very, he's very clearly like spliced into the story. Um, you don't have a strong understanding of who he is or what he wants. Oh no, I had. Well, so in Justice League, mm-hmm. the first cut. Uh huh. I don't know how to differentiate this well. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um, the first Justice League, Steppenwolf was mm-hmm. the chaotic evil to me. He simply was a world killer. He wanted to remake earth into a hellscape for because he likes hellscapes he likes hellscapes we didn't know the motivation so by the addition of dark side into this one uh steppenwolf actually had more motivation mm-hmm. to me there was a little bit more nuance in the mm-hmm. the character and he wasn't um i mean he was like chaotic evil light mm-hmm. and dark side was clearly the real villain yes. who wanted just to destroy everything for the sake of destroying everything. Yeah. Yeah. Except um, now Steppenwolf looks like, looks like a typewriter. Looks like a typewriter. Like I, all I could see when his little like flippy things were coming up was the keys in an old oh, typewriter. Okay. Okay. They're not the keys, but like the little bars with the letters on them. I I get. That's all I saw. Strike the paper. That's all that I saw when he was. He was doing that because okay. he was—he was a okay. silver spiky boy now. <laughs> was he not silver spiky in the? No, not to that extent. Not to that. Okay. Um, his costume didn't like react to his emotions. Um, also, I don't think it had been established that his horns were part of his head in the first movie. I think that was not clear. Like he took his helmet off, and it was just the exact same shape as his helmet. But I thought that was funny. It made me laugh. I don't remember these parts. Um, So yeah, dark side, anti-life equation. It's on Earth. It is Earth. It's built into the ground of Earth. Nobody knows. There's a lot of like psychic visions people are having in this movie without any context or explanation that everyone just takes as true. Go on forever, and you're like, wait, wait, is this is this happening or is this a dream? I don't know. That's okay. The film doesn't either. Uh, The film was a little bit like a fever dream. And then it went on really long, and you don't know what's happening. Maybe I felt like I, I kind of knew what was happening because of part one. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know that it would have played as well, which is not to say it was great. I'm not recommending no. anyone watch this um, without that additional context. Yeah, so I have the skeletal framework. version in the two-hour yeah. version. We're going to get the boxes and we're going to put the boxes together and that's bad. And we're going to bring the team together. And we're going to bring the team together. we're going to tell you a tiny bit about the different... To keep the boxes sp- from touching each other. Um, yeah. So let's... You want to just dive into the story? Sure. The what's, what's going on? Uh, so Superman dies. We see him die again. And his scream travels around the world and wakes up the mother boxes um which are as goofy as they were before same problem as before of why the mother boxes choose to wake up after superman's death he's only been around for a couple of years yeah in in the public eye okay but they they wake up and 
the Amazons already have like a hundred warriors staring at it all day long anyway. Like they're already staring at it when it wakes up, which is a weird, like, that's a, a that's a terrible job if you're an Amazon. That, that's what I was thinking. Like, like oh, uh, I got box uh, duty today. He's going to hold my bow at this box for 12 hours. Great. <laughs> it hasn't moved in 5,000 years, but we still get box duty. Although the one day it does wake up, that's kind of an exciting day if you're on box duty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I literally just wrote down names I didn't expect in the uh, credits. Willem Dafoe, Amber Heard, David Thewlis. in the last one. I know, but I forgot who Amber Heard was when I wrote that well, down. Willem Dafoe's in this? Yes. And then when he came up, I was like, oh yeah, oh, he yeah he's an Aquaman. Aquaman. He was like... Aquaman's teacher. Yeah, his, his yeah. mentor teacher who knew his mother yeah. well. This reminded me that Aquaman didn't make any sense either. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, David Thewlis was in this, who I do not remember who he played. I looked it up. I only remember know who he is because I was watching Mike Lee's Naked, which he's the star of from like 20 years ago. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's that name. Okay. It's a very different performance. Um... Batman's on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Why is, like, this billionaire who's, who's going to this remote village, I, they filmed it in Iceland, I'm not sure where it was supposed to yeah. be, getting there by horse. Well, because like, the weather was so bad, he couldn't oh, yeah, get the there by helicopter. couldn't come in. So that was... So he got on a horse. There, it also never fundamentally answered the question of, like, why Batman needs to put together a team other than he had a bad dream. In this version of Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh-huh. it was because Lex Luthor gave everyone a warning that something bad was oh, coming yeah. based on after he let Doom out of the amniotic fluid of the Krypton ship. <laughs> he saw... He saw Steppenwolf in the yeah. three boxes. And yeah. was like something... And aliens are coming. And, and for some reason, Batman took him seriously. Mm-hmm. And was like, okay, we gotta... We gotta put a team together. Yeah, so actually, to me, that was that worked better. a clearer reason <laughs> of why Batman... I buy that justification, that's he fine. He put the team together. Um, he's real bad at putting a team together. He was in part one. Yeah, oh, he was. He's still real bad at putting a team together. He's not He's not the team leader. Um, but this time, this time, he doesn't try to shirk his duty as uh, the team the leader. leader. Yeah. He's not trying to, to reawaken... Re- Bat Superman, make Superman. Un- undeadified Superman <laughs> in order so he, someone else can be the leader of the yeah. Justice League, um, which is good. That was a good choice. Um, I thought it was hilarious when we get the first shot of Arthur Curry slash Aquaman when like Batman's talking to him. And, like in the first cut, it was very like a reveal, like oh he's talking to Aquaman who's standing right there, and we know who that is. But in this time, it's like, there's no surprise to it. It's just like, Aquaman's the translator. He's definitely the guy you're looking for. He's got goofy eyes. There's no subtlety or nuance, because that's not for this. I was honestly, a thing I wrote down that I was, I was reminded of, there's a um, fantastic TV show called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. It's a British parody of bad supernatural TV shows. Um, and the whole thing is presented as like this great horror writer got hired to make a TV show and it's, you know, perfect and it's been hidden away for years and it's absolute garbage. Um, but 
the character of Garth Marenghi has a famous quote that's been turned into a meme, and it is, I know authors who use subtext, and they're all cowards. <laughs> and that's this movie. That's this movie. <laughs> Just, yeah, they're all well, that, cowards. When the women start singing as Aquaman oh, goes in the water. <laughs> and it just goes on too long. Too long. Too long. Why are we, why are they singing? Why are we watching them? This is where I also realize Aquaman loses a lot of shirts. And, and people <laughs> must just walk around the beaches finding these random shirts lying on the beach. Oh, Aquaman's been here. Found another sweater. Yeah. Because he can swim in his pants, cool. Yeah, he can't go. In his, uh, Speaking of pants, it's shirt. weird that Superman lost his shirt but not his pants when he was revived. Yeah, it's, that's like true. he he they they dropped him into the soup as a in a suit. Yeah, and he kept his pants, but he lost everything up. Yep, mostly so he could look at his abs. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Nordic women singing to Aquaman. Why? Because they worship him for bringing them fish yeah. in the winter. Um, so why so, did what did they do before Aquaman was around? Clearly, they've survived. Yeah. Anyways, that is a minor minor <laughs> quibble. Uh, oh yeah, this is part one. Don't count on it, Batman. Was the name of the part. <laughs> That's a silly name. It is. And that's because Arthur Curry said to that uh, Bruce Wayne, at, when Bruce Wayne was like, I need you to join my team. He's like, don't count on it, Batman. And that's like thematically what this part is supposed to be about. It's about Batman failing to get the team together. Because um, we get Batman and he goes and sees Aquaman. And then we see Wonder Woman stopping the terrorists. And um, it was basically the same. It's basically the same. I did have a question occur to me this time, which was... Why is the bomb on a timer? If they're just hi- hijacking this place to go set up a bomb... They're basically suicide bombers. Yeah. They're not trying to get out. They're not trying to get out. They're just trying to blow up this bank and be mad. Like, why put it on a 30-second timer that Wonder Woman can come and save her from? Other than because. Like, just just push the button. That's just practical. Well, yeah, but in, in other films that I like better, those are the sorts of things that I'm willing to let go. Yes, in other films that I like better, I'm willing to let those go. Not here. I'm not willing to let it go. Um, oh, yeah, again, in the lack of subtlety, we had Wonder Woman standing on top of the giant, like, Justice is Blind scales lady. Yeah, that happened. I know, but it's just no subtext. No, none. Here's here's what we're doing. Um, and that's literally all the notes I wrote for part one. But Oh yeah, I, I have no idea what the different That's okay. Parts um, oh I wrote this down. I don't know why I wrote this or who said this, but it's another example of just absolute garbage dialogue. Somebody said, I don't believe it. Yes, it was when Wonder Woman blocked all the shots from the full auto gun oh. and she ran using her magical bracelets to block the bullets, which I am fine with. Like, that's an established Wonder Woman thing. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm willing to roll with it. And he shoots all of them and they all get blocked and he goes, I don't believe it. And Gal Gadot goes, believe it. Like, that's not a comeback. It's not a quip. It's not an anything. 
It's just words that we're saying. And also there was a big explosion in the bank anyway when she did her gauntlet smash. That's true. And it's like, well, thanks, Wonder Woman. You did our job for us. <laughs> like you people didn't die. But you created a significant amount of damage uh, to this bank. I think it was a bank. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a bank. That was my read of it. Yeah. Um, this was around the time when I realized that nothing in the timeline of this movie made any sense. There was no sense of when any of these activities were happening in relationship to anything. Like, I don't know how long Superman's been dead. I don't know how long Batman's been tracking down these people. Well, you know you have a problem when you don't even know what time of day it, yeah. things are happening. yeah. Like, in, on the one hand, some of that's, like, lighting and cinematography and a black and white filter. But also, it's just, like, no sense of time for any of this. Um, and, like, why one scene follows another for the first half of the movie? Like, you could have shuffled these up and dealt them out in any order. Yeah, which is why I thought if they had broken it up into a TV series, it would have had the same. Yeah, it would have been a bad TV problems. series. Yeah. <laughs> Because there was no dramaturgical purpose behind any of the choices. Uh, in the ordering. In the ordering of why they were there. Like, why this before that? Why do we see Batman talking to Aquaman before Wonder Woman saves a bunch of kids? I don't know. And Wonder Woman says, you can be anything you want. I should know. I'm Wonder Woman. She, she did not say, I should know. I'm Wonder Woman. It was implied. <laughs> There's no subtext. No subtext. But um, you can be anything you want if you're Wonder Woman, I think is the key thing to remember there. If you are a demigod Amazon princess, you can be anything you want. Um, but other than that, you can't. Uh, part two is called The Age of Heroes. That's getting the band together. Yeah. Well, and, and we get the, again, no subtext. Wonder Woman refers to the literal Age of Heroes, which was the first time they fought Steppenwolf in the Mother Boxes. Uh, which was when the Amazonians and the Atlanteans, the Atlanteans and, the humans. and the humans and also the space cops and also another group. There was like the five gods. groups this time. Yeah, the, the gods. gods. Yeah. Well, at least Zeus and Eros. Ares. Eros. Yeah. The, yeah, the Greek gods showed up. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. There, there were some Greek gods. Yeah. Wait, well, weren't in the first one? Technically, were they? Yes, they were. Okay, they I don't. Were. Rem maybe I don't remember the first cut. They, yes, because we had the same like, really like all the the gods and the Green Lanterns and the Atlanteans and the Amazons and the humans just barely beat back. Yeah, but uh, they didn't have a this. Superman. So, um, yes, yeah, so this time she learned the story when she took the amazonian arrow down into the deep cave yeah and saw the the exposition the exposition walls on the walls and read the story of, of mm -hmm. what happened so you had that added scene yeah although that's not making me wonder like why didn't wonder woman know this story if there's literally a job on the island of themiscara that is point your bow at this box well, it, I had no quibble with in the first one where she just seemed to know this story. Well, yeah. If you see the fire light up in That's the Amazonian temple, it's because the box woke up. Yeah. And and there's a problem. And yeah, yeah. But now, now she had to go learn that story from the exposition walls. Yeah. So that's a scene that we could cut. Yes. Time. Yes. So it's definitely one. 
Um, I'm not opposed to a four-hour movie in principle. Um, if it needs to be four hours, if that's the length. Yes. That it as needs Aristotle to be to says it needs story. to be as long as it needs to be. This didn't need to be four hours. Maybe two and a half. Uh, Steppenwolf looks like a typewriter. Is Steppenwolf from a different universe? Is a question I wrote. Because like he jumped in the tube. He jumped in the tube and one of the Amazonians said he went back to his universe. And I uh, don't know what any of that meant. Mm-hmm. And it was never addressed or brought up again. Fair enough. But apparently in the same universe because Darkseid's going to bring an army through space. Or through, or through some a tube. sort of multiverse tunnel. Yeah. Um. Unclear. Uh, I thought Lois had a little bit more of a storyline this time. She's like grieving, and but it was very heavy-handed. Oh yeah, it was presented, <laughs> and so and the moment, so she doesn't go back to the Daily Planet. No, it was a change. We don't and, see her at the planet. Um, the moment she decides that she's she's gonna kind of go back mm-hmm. to the, the Daily Planet and try to move through her. Grief is the moment the Superman comes back. She's not brought in by Alfred as like the... <laughs> the secret Superman the secret, weapon. Yeah, as a secret. She just happens to be around and kind of like that better. Yeah, as, that was as, established. As a choice. So she had... To me, there was more of a reason for the grief yeah. this time. Um, I mean, not... I understand why the grief was there. I understood her story arc was moving her to be... Yes. Um, there for Superman when he wakes up. Could be again because just I knew that was going to happen but from the first film. Yeah. Another quote. Um, I think it was Alfred said something about barbarians at the gate. And Bruce was like, maybe these barbarians don't use a gate. Which doesn't make any sense. None of none of this made any sense. Just another piece of like clunker dialogue that made me laugh, and so I wrote it down. Uh, that was right before you don't know about you know a lot about monsters. Uh, yeah, no sense of structure in this movie. I thought you got to know a little bit more about um, Slyboy and the Flash. That could just yeah. because they had more, more scenes. Time. Yeah, I will um, say yeah, Vic Stone's storyline existed in this movie. Which it did not in the last movie. Yeah, you got to know him a little better. What you knew his backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think that you got to know his father better than Victor Stone. Yes, uh, and that had a much more like nuanced storyline around it. Yes, but... Vic Stone was mostly just I'm a monster. Um, you had an added scene with the Flash where he sees the car accident happens and yeah. saves the girl, which just further that girl was credited as Iris West. Oh. So, you know. Cool. Fun fact. Cool. Uh, I, I just get to know kind of the goofiness of, of Barry Allen a yeah. little bit more. Um, seeing, this was a weird thought I had with the Barry Allen, particularly in the, in the car crash scene. Like, seeing Barry Allen in slow motion is a very weird cognitive dissonance. That's true. Like, his whole thing is he's fast, and, like, we see him moving faster than everything else, which is a, is a good thing. Like, hey, you slow everything else down and see him move at normal speed, but then you take that whole premise and play it in slow motion to be more dramatic. 
is weird. That's a good point. Like when he's like slowly like brushing the hair off Iris's face before he puts her into a crash position to save her life. Like all of that was in slow motion to make it more impactful. I guess slow motion equals emotional. Yeah, well, that's emotional. that's Zack Snyder in a nutshell. Yes, I'm there. You know, I, I said, um, I think I said this with both Justice League and Batman v Superman. Was there is very little of the ramping that I associate with with him, which is the slow motion followed by the very fast motion followed by the slow motion. But here you here go. you got all of it, here all you of it, go. more than I wanted, and I wanted none. Uh, so yes, yeah, you got a little bit more of. Victor and Barry, and that was fine. But well, Flash ends up saving the day pretty much at the end by rewinding yes, time. That which was is a, a new big power. change, which yeah, to me just added to getting to know Flash a little yeah. better. And definitely again in the category of Zack Snyder just adding things he wants to do in the movie, like oh, this is where we pull Flashpoint from. Like we can we can set up Flashpoint at, now that we know Barry can time travel, um, because yes. Because Zack Snyder put everything he wanted to make in a superhero movie into this movie. Um, yeah, although then the fight, the first fight with Steppenwolf, Barry Allen did nothing. Like, you didn't get the scene with him and Batman. Like, just save one person. Yeah. Barry Allen, uh, Flash kept running around the the hostages as they were going up the, the stairs, stairs. But not helping them. No! Like, go faster, go faster. Uh, well, we don't have super speed. <laughs> like, and, we, and this is after we've established, like, Barry Allen knows how to save someone from a terrible situation with the car crash. Mm-hmm. But nope, he's just yelling at them to go faster. Why? I don't know. That's how he's helping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Space Spider. There's a space oh, yeah, spider. Yeah, space spider. That was there was a lot of different things. Well, two things that that um, where someone's thoughts got projected. Um, the space spider was one of them, and of course, uh, we established that Victor Stone, cyborg, can project everything out of the little hole in his head. Mm-hmm. It's really it's a projector. It's a projector in his head. Yeah, projector lens. Yeah, you'd think it would be his glowing eye, but no, he has a separate lens for projection. Yeah. Well, that's where his infinity stone would go. Yeah. If- <laughs> Wrong <laughs> cubes. Oh. Wrong cubes. We oh. need we need the mother box cubes, not those cubes. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess. Yeah, you gotta have is it really a superhero movie team up if you don't have a bunch of cubes you care about? <laughs> no. No. Yeah, no, it's not. That was the lesson. Um I have no idea what the mother boxes are for or do or why there's three of them. They create change. I stand by my statement. They can turn this smoke into a house. (laughs) Which means dead Superman can be alive again. Why do you need three of them when one of them can do that? Like, what is the three of them? Are they different? At least the Infinity Stones have different names. Well, I think my favorite part was when they destroyed them. They turned out as, like, these old hags. Like, I thought the mother box was a metaphor for what... literal box full of mother. (laughs) This one's a mother, and that one's a mother, and this one's a mother. Subtext is for cowards. (laughs) That's weird. There's, like, a ghost in the machine. I thought it was, like, a, you know, a really advanced technology. 
No, ghost lady. Yeah, ghost, three, three ghost ladies. <laughs> I I appreciated that change. Just it made me laugh. Yeah, big weird choices. <laughs> if nothing else, this movie is full of big weird choices. Uh, I don't know that I wrote down what part three was called. Oh, there I did. Oh yes, part three was beloved mother, beloved son. Uh, which was mostly our introduction to Victor and oh. Barry. Like, I could identify, like, oh, that's a thing. Like They both lost their moms. They both lost their moms. They both have complicated relationships with their dads. This is the first time we've really seen them as characters in the movie. Like, that, as a part, actually fit better than most of the other ones. Um, still, though, we get lots of scenes with Batman and Superman, or not Batman and Wonder Woman, and Steppenwolf, and none of them fit into any of this theme or why it's happening, so what have you. Uh, I laughed at the humans. Instead of building a temple where people guard the mother box for thousands of years. <laughs> like the Amazonians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the weird. Amazonians have a temple where you get to watch the box all day. Uh, the Atlantans, same thing, but it's underwater, and the humans just, yeah, put it in a hole. <laughs> It's, it's like also a four foot deep hole. Yeah. Like it's not Put it in a four foot deep hole. Like... Well, and true to form, Victor, when he reburies it, buries it about six inches deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, drop it in a hole. No one will find it. A very shallow hole. <laughs> yeah. We've been digging for two whole hours? Yeah, that's plenty. No one's going to go into that much trouble. <laughs> And there was never really an explanation of, like, I guess there, there was that somebody dug it up during the war yeah, the and then Nazis held on to it. it. Yeah. And then the Allied forces got it. When yeah, because it was buried six feet deep. <laughs> so, oh, we surprised nobody found it before that in the last thousand years, five thousand years. Uh... Victor Stone, Cyberman. I'm just reading things I wrote down. Oh, another another dialogue bond mot. Criminal justice is not my son wasting his life. Is that Barry Allen's dad? Yeah, Barry Allen's dad said that because Barry Allen wanted to study study criminal justice. And like that arc was supposed to be implying like, oh, Barry doesn't can can give up his life and he can do whatever he wants and he can break the rules and then time travel. But then he just goes back to being a criminal justice person and his dad's fine with it. Well, he got a job. He got a this job time doing it. He's doing it. Yeah, no, so he could study criminal justice. <laughs> yeah, I doesn't make any sense, but that's fine. I I don't know. Can the mother box be destroyed? Was a question I asked, and the answer is um yes, but only if you're Superman and you split it apart with Cyborg's help. I don't know how that destroyed them. Did it destroy them? Are they still around uh, at the end? It, I think I think they were deadened. Yeah. And therefore just, the witch ladies came out. Now they didn't. Now they're just work boxes. Anymore. Never, never answered well. Uh, part four is called Change Machine because that's what the mother box is. You put in a dollar and four quarters come out. As good an explanation as any. It's a change machine. Uh, Batman taking the stairs. I have no idea what that meant. 
unreal when it's useful. That I was mean, a Batman they line. They took the stairs to get from the bottom of the underground Striker Island to the top where the hostages were. I noticed that. Yeah, I think that's what that was it. Like it took the stairs. Yeah, like, it, was, it was a lot of stairs. It was a lot of stairs. It's like, yeah, I mean, we do have some team members who can maybe fly, but yeah, let's just take the stairs. Uh, this is this is really sums up how I felt a lot about the fights in this movie. Was I just want the punching to mean something? Like we can have solve our problems with punching because it's a superhero movie, but so much of the punching meant nothing. I think I felt that a lot more in in Justice League twenty seventeen. Okay, I felt it a lot in this one too. Because it was faster, maybe. Maybe uh, a lot of the other. I just I was bored by most of the big fight scenes. They weren't better. No, they weren't changed. They were just big action figures jumping it up against each other. Hard to see because it was in a four three ratio (laughs) and black and and white. No matter what Zack Snyder says, it was not shot for black and white. Uh, yeah, I'm running, I'm running low. I'm running out of steam. Uh, Aquaman quoted Hamlet when they were talking about bringing Superman back from the dead in a way that showed exactly zero understanding of what Hamlet was about. <laughs> I didn't recognize the line. I mean, he I, said I to knew... be or not to be. Oh, he said that. I thought he yeah. said another. No. <laughs> I, I didn't catch that. They were talking about whether or not they should bring Superman back, and he said to be or not to be. He said it as part of like a larger sentence, but it was like clearly meant to be like, I know what Hamlet is. But no. No, no, no context. Uh, oh, another another Bond mod of dialogue. This whole podcast should be an amazing dialogue I wrote down. Uh, this red cape charges back. Because... Alfred told Batman not to wave the red cape at the thing and at danger at the bull, which was Steppenwolf, I guess. It was such a tortured metaphor. So they were talking about bringing Superman back and I don't know why Alfred was against it. That was not clear. Other than maybe it would destroy everything. There was sort of implied to be a threat that, like, using the mother box to bring Superman back would be bad. Well, certainly, because Cyborg has this vision, question mark, (laughs) that maybe the computer told him. Like, everything will be destroyed and we will all die. Yeah. Um, Which... When when they're in the Kryptonian ship getting ready to... Yeah. It, it, it was not clear to me where Cyborg got this vision. Because I thought maybe it was because Barry Allen was playing with time a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. The movie doesn't care. But, um, yeah, Alfred said don't wave the red flag at the bull if you're not ready for it. And Batman said this red cape charges back. Nope, didn't hear that one. It was... It, it didn't make any sense. I mean, by this point, we're in part four or five or something, so it's all just kind of washing over me. Uh, part five, all the king's horses, because they're putting Superman back together. Mm. Um, but what a weird choice, because the king's horses are not the ones you really want to put Superman back together, or Humpty Dumpty, for that matter. Like, what good is the horse going to do to putting something back together? Um, but I guess I couldn't call it all the king's men, because then they'd think you were in a Robert Redford movie all of a sudden. Mm. Was that... Was that bit accurate 
I, I don't know what you're talking about. The movie about Nixon? I don't think it's all the King's Men. Maybe it is. I, I don't I'm going to Google it right now. Maybe it is. All the King's Men. That was the, a movie about Nixon, right? That I'm that Robert Redford was in. Uh, yeah, it was a book first. Yes. Um. Uh, the USSR made a version of the film. Maybe it was a different. Maybe it was not on Watergate. Maybe it was not on Watergate. <laughs> but yeah, all the king's horses. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. No, it, the Robert title. Redford is a different thing. So yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, it was a weird choice for a title, but all the rest of them are weird too. So at this point, again, it's just kind of washing over me. Uh, oh, I did like when they were on the island, and Steppenwolf threw the rocket at the wall from the batman rocket car spider and then aquaman was just hanging out on the other side he was ready <laughs> to come in through a hole in the wall like was he waiting just hanging out there hoping someone would break a hole in the wall yes i don't know why it's so hard for you to believe don't know i mean aquaman is a hard character to integrate into the justice league i will own that i appreciate that the boys has made that into kind of a running joke with the deep Mm -hmm. like what he talks to fish what do we do with that like that's not useful um and that's funny and interesting this movie just plays it straight and ignores the fact that it's weird aquaman's hanging out with everybody uh when they're not in the water uh the superman fight was slightly better Superman versus everyone. I I didn't find it as terrible this time. I think it was the same. Was it? Film. I don't think it was different. Maybe it's better in black and white. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Zack Snyder's right, and I should just change my mind. Oh yeah. Uh, the Flash is very shiny. I don't know what that was about. Oh yeah, they were breaking into the kryptonian ship and someone says better get dressed and then cyborg said i'm always dressed and then took his shirt off <laughs> i didn't catch that either, but... it's like wait what that's not what words mean well yeah he's always dressed as cyborg and to get dressed you take off your sweats yeah first just goofy i'm i'm running out of steam uh clark comes back there's a big boring fight barry does time travel that was neat i appreciated barry doing time travel uh it fixed everything then we get to the epilogue which was so ridiculous well the epilogue was part the epilogue first of all was part denouement, which is not... The same thing. Epilogue. <laughs> no, it's denouement. And then it was part... The little tags at the end that yeah. Marvel has pioneered. Yeah. I, can't, I don't know what those are called. Stingers. Stingers, is what yes. Yeah. Uh, so they were stingers, but before the credits. Yeah, because we're not going to sit through the credits. We've been here for four hours. <laughs> and... Uh, 
the one with Lex Luthor was very changed, where he gave, uh, is it Deathstroke? It is Deathstroke, because okay, that's where you do a, you do your Deathstroke in the Deadpool. <laughs> that's where Deadpool's name came yeah. from. Um, yes, Deathstroke, Wade Wilson, Wade, Slade Wilson, sorry. Uh, Lex Luthor gives him Batman's real name, Bruce yeah, Wayne. Yeah, Bruce Wayne. Instead of... In Justice League 2017, where he's like, we're going to have our own villain Justice League, yeah. basically. So. Which is a thing that, like, is in the comics, but... Yeah, I didn't have a problem with yeah. the first time. Anyways, but they made that, that change. Yeah, they still and had so, the Hall of Justice, was, you know, Batman got a big room. Which is a denouement, not... Yeah, not an epilogue. Not an epilogue. <laughs> it's like six chairs, but room for more. Denouement is after the climax where you just kind of wrap up telling the story yeah. and the character lines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then we get to this super long apocalypse dream sequence, alternate timeline, different place in the multiverse. Yeah. Not clear. No. The it was it's called the Nightmare Among Fans. K-N-I-G-H-T. Because it's Batman's bad dream about the future. Which he had in the um, Batman v Superman. It was yeah. the same, same didn't type make of dream. Sense to me it was happening in Batman v Superman when he had it. No, didn't make sense here either. So, uh, And why it's in the epilogue <laughs> doesn't make No, we got to put it somewhere. Look, we, we hired Jared Leto to say some words. We need to put him back in the movie. Um, so it seems to be setting something up for a future film. Mm -hmm. Um, Where Superman goes bad. Where Superman goes bad. And maybe the Dark Side 1, it seemed like the same sort of ships were over the Well, we certainly had Victor's vision of the future had Superman joining Dark Side after Uh Lois dies. At Darkseid's hand, which was a little weird. Um, I don't know about it. So yeah, so Superman's bad. Batman and Amber Heard and a couple other and folks. Deathstroke was there. Oh yeah, Deathstroke and, was there. And Joker was... And Joker shows up because they're all fighting against the evil. And uh, Jared Leto is not a great Joker. <laughs> Just when a tiny bit, you see you haven't even watched Suicide Squad. Nope. Well, this was Jared Leto doing a bad job of Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm. That's how I read it anyway. I haven't seen his Suicide Squad, but the makeup was very reminiscent of the Heath Ledger joke up, yeah, Joker makeup. Very, very messy. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. They're forming a truce as long as I get the card. It, it's setting up for something, but I don't know because it to me it's clearly like an alternate timeline or a different universe. That's or, I see. I was reading it as the future. It was a vision of the future. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, that's because... also as good a guess as any. Because <laughs> then, because Barry Allen was there with his goatee and time travel suit. Oh, yeah. That we saw from when he time traveled to see Bruce in, in Batman, Batman v Superman. Superman colon dawn of justice ultimate edition and so like the most generous read i can give is when barry allen traveled back in time to reach batman he brought with him this vision of the future as a time ripple which is a thing i just made up 
And that's why Batman is having these visions of a potential future, and now he's got to stop it from happening. Mm. And one of the ways he started that was by getting the Justice League together, but it didn't get fixed, and so he's still having bad dreams. And maybe they'll make those movies in the future if the Snyder Snyder fans get adamant enough. Yeah, I hope not. I I mean, I think Ben Affleck's out. Yeah. Well, they're making a new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. Right, right, because Ben Affleck's like, nope. Yeah. Which was fine. I'm done with this. <laughs> um, so yeah, who knows? I don't think it'll go anywhere. No. Well, they what? They they canceled a Flash movie. They canceled a Cyborg movie. Yeah, they canceled the New Gods movie that just that Andrew Garnet was working on. They they got the new Batman movie, which is called The Batman, because if we've learned anything about DC movies, you just retitle them with or without the word the. Uh, is that Suicide Squad and the Suicide yep. Squad? And then we have The Batman. I say we're about 10 years from The Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and then the Martian Manhunter showed up. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like excited about the possibility of the Martian, Martian Man. I think I was most excited. I was like, I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, uh, it was, it was Harry Lennox. Um, who I know from Dollhouse. Like, that's the connection I have in my mind. Dollhouse is in Blacklist. He was also playing the, like... The general general. in the first Superman. And I think he was in Batman v Superman 2. Yeah, as the same. Yeah, which now I'm going, was that that John Jones the whole time? Yeah, I was going that way, too. It wasn't Um, like... I can't remember what the version of the alien division of the U.S. government is called in the DC universe. It's not like Shield, but it is Shield. It's Shield, it's shield in the DC universe. It's a. No- I'm just laughing at how much people fight about like Marvel's better, no DC's better. They're, they're the same thing. They're the same thing. In, in Supergirl, where Supergirl yeah. works, um, I can't remember the D-O- D-A- D-O-U? D-A-U? Somewhere with a D. D. The D. A. The D E O. D E O. Department of Extraterrestrial Affairs. <laughs> don't remember no yeah Um, so i wondered if the whole time he was john jones yeah quite possibly although the fact that um he's like you can call me the martian manhunter at the end was hilarious and not for reasons that like it's just like it's a dumb name um and so far like for the most part the Zack Snyderverse has avoided the fact that superhero names are kind of goofy like, we do hear Superman is called Superman and Batman is called Batman, but we never really hear Wonder, Diana called Wonder Woman. We never really hear, like, at one point Bruce Wayne says Arthur Curry, a.k.a. the Aquaman, like, with the sort of realization that it's goofy. Like, we, really, we call Barry Allen Barry. Yeah, Barry's Barry, Victor's Victor, which I am mostly okay with in most adaptations of, of superhero things. So then to have John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, like, just say, call me the Martian Manhunter at the end before flying off is goofy. Like, in case you didn't know who I am, I am the Martian Manhunter. Google it later. Yeah, no, you can look it up. <laughs> I thought it was a really weird choice the first time. When we oh, yeah. him in the film, he's playing um, Clark's yeah, mother, Martha. Martha Kent. Yeah. And going to visit... Um, Lois Lane, which is in the first film. Yeah. It's in a it's in the Daily Planet, not in her apartment, but where Martha comes and like I got kicked out of my house, but I'm fine. I'm yeah. like, living. You gotta you gotta move past your grief. Um 
so they had that conversation in Lois's apartment. But as it turns out, it was the Martian Manhunter the whole time. time. For uh, which was uh, like I, it was fine for me because it was clearly setting up some future mm-hmm. movie that I knew would never be made. But yeah. But it was a weird, like, that moment of all places to have it re-revealed. Yeah, because, I mean, it made as much sense as any story part Mm -hmm. that Martha would come visit Lois Lane. Yeah. Was Martha Kent always the Martian Manhunter? (laughs) (laughs) Superman was raised by a Martian. Um, I saw something, I don't know how true this is, but I saw something that said actually... Zack Snyder originally wanted it to be a Green Lantern that showed up at the end to talk to Batman, which I think would have worked better if only because we didn't then have to deal with two reveals of a Martian Manhunter, but have, you know, this sector's Green Lantern show up and say like, hey, we're here. Bye. The the Green Lanterns were in the The fight with the Atlanteans. Um, Which I got to say, Green Lanterns do not play well in black and white. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of the super like the flash to me didn't do well yeah but so much of it's like the electricity energy. yeah uh, yeah none of that played real well in black and white which is um further evidence they didn't plan for it to be in black and white because uh, yeah i i knew there was a green lantern in that fight scene and even like looking for it because the green it's lanterns hard. are my favorite it was hard to spot until, like, the ring flew off his finger and then Darkseid or Steppenwolf or whoever grabbed it. And, like, yeah. I just, the way I knew is because I saw the symbol on yeah. there. Uh, but you'd have to be Lost looking him. for it to spot it. I remembered it from yeah. the first one. Yeah. Justice League 2017. Because um, I think the Green Lantern are a really interesting thing. As, as being a, like, oh, it's a superhero, it's the Green Lantern, but also he's, like, part of the Green Lantern Corps. And there's bureaucracy and there's space cops and that's interesting um no no, we didn't get that we got we got john jones who didn't even get to call himself john jones which i felt bad about he's like call me john that would have been fine no call me the martian manhunter bye that's that's the sort of tone the film ended on (laughs) or the epilogue ended on i should say no stingers. <laughs> no stingers. The Martian Manhunter feel like it should have been a stinger, except it happened right after Batman had his bad dream. Which I think was the end of the film. I think. Like, we we were post-Denouement. We'd seen all... We'd seen Lennox Luthor scene. We'd seen the Justice Hall. Uh, yeah, I think he woke up from the dream. Just like in Batman v Superman. Yeah. Where he woke up from this weird, like, apocalyptic... Dream. This time he was at least in bed. He wasn't sitting at his desk dreaming. <laughs> first one where he was uh, yeah it doesn't um, make a lot of sense I mean, that was the epilogue yeah and then after that's what epilogues film, mean after you just had like three stingers in the ap- epilogue and the day yeah no more stingers after. no more stingers which is fine i was done by that point and then four hours of our lives passed us by yeah. plus this like hour more that we've talked about it yeah <laughs> An hour and 20 Oof. right now, which is still so, yeah, in, only uh, 25% <laughs> of the film. Here in another two and a half hours, we'll have matched, Jeff, <laughs> matched Zack Snyder for length. So you're not going to watch the color version no. of Zack Snyder's Justice I'm probably going to forget most of this version. 
Um, like, I'll remember the moments, like Martian Manhunter showing up, but I was... Like, this is going to sound weird. I don't think it went far enough. I don't think it went big enough or weird enough. It went big and weird, but in ways that were completely misinformed as to why. Yeah. It, it was, like, for its own sake. Yeah. And you got to let the art support the big choices. Yeah. And I'm disappointed that it didn't. So, what was it like to go into the Snyderverse and watch all these films back um, to back? I don't say I have more appreciation for Zack Snyder. Because um, nothing super surprised me by any of this. Like, most of it met my expectations. Um, I'm not particularly interested in the next Zack Snyder movie, whatever it turns out to be. Um, I'm not going to go rush out and watch The Owls of Gahul or Sucker Punch. Like, I'm not, like, ready to devour the rest of his oeuvre. Um... Yeah, it felt like an obligation. <laughs> I'm not mad we did it, but like I'm coming out of it going, oh, good, I'm done. What do I you think? I think what I learned the most was that Batman v Superman wasn't too bad. Yeah. Batman v Superman the was the best of, of what we have watched. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd still only give it like a 7 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like great. But it was, uh, I was surprised. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Um, and I think it was carried by things like Jesse Eisenberg and the, the I don't want to say unintentional weirdness, but the, the weirdness worked. This, this Justice League, not weird. Not a weird movie. Had big choices, but it wasn't weird nope. or unexpected mm-hmm. in any way. Like, I think Batman v Superman was unexpected. Like, oh, Batman's branding people. That's weird. Um, that never came up in this movie, or like that that version of Batman never came up in this movie. Um, this was a very flat version of most of these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if Zack Snyder was trying to say anything with this, I don't know that he succeeded. He was trying to say everything. Everything. I've I've seen that done better too. All the superhero <laughs> movies that he'll never make again. Yeah, yeah. What did you think? What? How was your experience into the Snyderverse? Uh, it wasn't as bad as I expected. Well, that's I was good. Expecting terrible boringness, and I was only super bored during Justice League twenty seventeen. I was just. Tired. I was real bored during Man of Steel. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it wasn't, I guess it wasn't as bad as I imagined it. So maybe I had set the bar really high on how bad on how it would bad. be. That's fair. Um, based on the kind of the internet. Yeah, the reputation. The, the internet has a tendency happens. to blow everything up. To no. 11. What? Yeah. No. Um. But I, they were mostly just like mediocre. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mediocre. Just mediocre. And, like, I can't say I'm surprised. Because um, most superhero movies are kind of just mediocre these days. Yes. Yes. Like, I have... I, I We were talking about this with our friends. When I think the last, like, solid superhero movie I saw was Birds of Prey. And calling that a superhero movie is a stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
um, or like Fast Color was technically a superhero movie. Oh, it's so far removed from <laughs> like comic DC Marvel land. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, Disney, please write us our checks soon. Yeah. Um, of course, we just said the last superhero movie we saw was Birds of Prey. That was that was good. Amazing. Yeah. Anyways, we're still waiting for our checks for not liking. Uh, Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Justice, Justice League. League. Yeah, we need those checks. We would appreciate that. Um, but until those checks come in, you, our listeners, can support us at patreon.com slash five degrees. What? How's that for a segue? What kind of, what kind of perks can you get? Oh, you can get so many perks, too. You can get two perks. Uh, one of those perks is double unedited versions of this <laughs> podcast. So it's the same podcast, but with a little bit at the top and bottom from when I turn the microphone off. Where we talk even more to our cat. Talk more to our cat. Uh, and sometimes say funny things that I was like, oh, I should have mentioned that on the podcast. And then I didn't. Um, and the other perk is when we're not doing a film series like Into the Snyderverse, uh, you can see the movies we didn't watch. Because most weeks I give Amy a list of movies to pick from, usually about five or so, and we watch the ones she picks from that. Mm -hmm. And then so you can see the movies we didn't pick. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they come back and they show up again and again until Amy's like, I'm just picking this one so you'll take it off the list. Well, I know you really want to watch it. I want to watch everything on the list. There's not a movie on the list I don't want to watch. Okay, say that. Yes, because it's true. (laughs) I'm this not trying a, to brain this is a little trick your pic- brain. A picture into how Amy's brain works. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can see the list movies we didn't pick in any given episode. Um, I let the patrons know like five days before we started the Into the Snyderverse that we were going to do that. So that was a little surprise sneak. Uh, but mostly, what you get from supporting us is the satisfaction of letting us keep making this podcast because that's yes. what we do it for. We're yes. going to keep doing it. No matter what, um, but if you've got a buck or two per episode you want to throw our way, feel free. We appreciate it. It helps us pay for hosting and our domain, which is 5degreesbetween.us, which is clever. Maybe too clever for our own good. (laughs) (laughs) Not like whatever. Justice is gray. Yeah, that was too clever. (laughs) Um, Please remember to rate and subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher tell your friends about us um burn episodes onto cds and throw them into crowded restaurants what i don't know i'm just trying different methods of getting our word out there anymore well that's why it's exciting if somebody throws a burned cd at you in a crowded restaurant you're gonna go oh i wonder what's on this nobody burns cds anymore let me put this in my cd player yeah if i can find yeah probably can't um yeah we appreciate you listening it means a lot to us and if you want to support us please do so we appreciate it a lot i think that's all the things i'm supposed to say okay that sounded like it all to me okay good. we're only at an hour and a half so Woo, we did it this we call this the Snyder cut of episodes. Yeah, it's still less than half as long <laughs> as just asleep. Yeah, but it's slightly longer than some of our other episodes, so you know. It's it's longer than our uh, Justice League 2017 episode by a fair margin. Yep. Cuz that one was just like, yeah, this was bad. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, in that case, say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy.